The Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. This is Dr. Lee for America with another Whistleblower Report military segment. And I'm here to talk about ways that you may not have heard or don't understand the Department of Defense lawyers actually made false statements in court about continuing retribution against our military service members over the COVID vaccine mandates. And our service members are here to describe Army Frigo 38, which is a new directive from the U.S. Army regarding how all of this is to be handled. And they're going to explain how Army Frigo 38 contradicts what the DOD lawyers said in court. Isn't that interesting? As we have been exposing all along, there is a shadow policy in the U.S. military. The Department of Defense says one thing in court and to the public and to Congress. And then there are directives as shadow policies coming down behind the scenes with the commander's being directed, well, you know what to do. You know what this really means. And I'm sure all of you in one form or another have experienced that in many work situations and in a variety of situations where the official policy is one thing, but the operative policy is something else. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Now, since all, all of our members on the program today and our guests are in the military, I need to make the statement at the beginning that the opinions that they are expressing on our show is in their role as free American citizens speaking their personal opinions under the First Amendment right to free speech. They do not reflect the opinions of the Department of Defense the military service in which they serve, or any other government agency. As we go into the show, I think that's going to be fairly clear that they are not in agreement with those policies. So therefore, they're not speaking on behalf of the Department of Defense. But in addition, they are all three members of Truth for Health Foundation, public charity, volunteer, military advisory council, advising the executive team of the foundation how, as a public charity, we can better serve the human and civil rights of our military service members who have the same constitutional rights that civilians have. So they are actually working with me 
with the foundation to better serve the military population and the greater public. And I want to welcome Colonel Brad Lee, chaplain in the U.S. Army, Captain Seth Ritter, also in the U.S. Army, and all of these are career military, and Major Mike Gary, who has 25 years in service, including 15 years as a Seaburn expert in the military, and also has served in the Maine National Guard. So welcome all three of you. Thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for your courage and faith in speaking out on these abuses of our service members. And I'm honored to have you on the show. So let's jump right in and let's understand what is Army Frego 38 and what does it say to help our civilians understand how the policy conflicts with what the DOD lawyers are saying in court about how, oh, we didn't do anything wrong. And yet Frago 38 makes it pretty clear that that was contrary to what the lawyers told the judge. So uh, Colonel Lee, let's have you lead off this discussion. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and uh, thank you again for having me on your show. It's always an honor to be with you uh, as I've done uh, several of these now, it seems. And uh, again, I, you've made the disclaimer and I just want to very clearly again say that the views that I express are my own opinions uh, on the basis of First Amendment uh, freedom of speech and indeed uh, do not represent those of the DOD. So uh, as we've talked before, and this has kind of been an ongoing thing, right? Uh, that the mandate uh, really began uh, to dissolve with the signing of the uh, National Defense Authorization Act in December uh, when President Biden signed that into law uh, right before Christmas, I think around the 23, 23 December. And he said to the DOD, you've got 30 days to uh, rescind the mandate, uh, at which time uh, things begin to, to set in place for that. Now, you know, keep in mind, too, and this, again, is my opinion after having been in the military now almost 25 years of active duty service. When the president signs something, there's in the in the military, we have what we call um, imply an implied task uh, and commander's intent. And a lot of times we we base actions that we take based upon the general guidance given to us. But what's fascinating to me almost always uh, well, up until the time that the, the mandate came into play, um, commanders used to err on the side of, of taking care of soldiers, of, you know, we call it, quote, doing the right thing. Um, but with the mandate, this, this took a whole different turn. Um, and the, the Secretary of Defense signed a memo on the 10th of January. Now, remember, uh, President Biden signed this on 23 December. And nothing happened right away. I'll get ready. It's going to be rescinded, but we haven't gotten official guidance yet, right? So that was kind of the mantra. Well, we want to wait and see. And so I kind of thought to myself in the uh, conversations that I was having with my leadership, all right, well, I'm going to give them the 30 days and, and see what happens. Um, so on 10 January, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin uh, made this statement, and I'm going to read this verbatim, uh, what he said in a memo, which which is basically a level below the president's uh, order, right? Executive order. He said this, no individuals currently serving in the armed forces shall be separated solely on the basis of their refusal to receive the COVID-19 vaccination 
if they sought an accommodation on religious, administrative, or medical grounds. Now, that was on 10 January. It took, um, and one of the other guys may be able to chime in here and help me, but it took almost um, a little over, well, there were a couple of fragos that came out. And again, frago, fragos, for, for particularly for those of you with not a military background, frago stands for fragmentary order. And basically what those do is as things go, they, they fill in the blanks, they give further guidance, if you will, to just put it simply. The first frago to come out after the NDAA was signed was frago 35. And all it said was, is that um, the, the mandate is now rescinded, effective immediately. But there were a whole lot of things, we talked about this on a previous show, that that did not get rescinded, that complicated it and made it very confusing. And again, commands just kind of went, well, we're going to just wait until we get guidance. So Chaplain Chaplain Lee, I do have something to add to this because you're describing the timeline there. And uh, what I know from my guard perspective is that it's for a short time, a couple weeks, the milit- uh, the active component seemed to be covered with that Secretary of Defense memo, and the Guard and Reserve wasn't. So in the alternative media, what we saw was uh, several uh, news articles saying, hey, how come the Guard isn't covered? or the reserve isn't covered. And there were several really good articles, and there was actually lawyers commenting on it that actually made, stalled it an additional week, is what I recorded it as. And then uh, then we saw that there was a resending, or a mentioning of the resending of both memos, the original August uh, 24 memo by the SecDef of 2021, and then the November one, I forget the specific date, which was chastising the Guard and Reserve for being non-compliant and being behind the ball. So I noticed that during that timeline, that was some of the play back and forth going on. And again, like you said, I echo it from my corner of the military, they chose the chain of command just chose to leave it alone and say nothing. And that's still what I'm seeing. Yeah, Mike. And that's a great point. And, and to further kind of dog pile on that and again, for you, for the listeners listening to this, one of the mantras in the army, uh, we have what we call uh, compost or components. We have the active, the guard and the reserve and their compost one, two, and three. That's how we refer to them in, in within the army. But here's what's interesting about this is that we use this language that, oh, we're, we're one big army, we're one big army family, and, and we, you know, we all wear the same uniform, we wear the same flag, we're all sworn to protect the same constitution, um, although in fairness, guardsmen uh, also swear an oath to protect the state constitution. But, but the point is, the, 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 uh, to, to Mike's point, which I'm so glad you brought that up, because again, the, the DOD did not rescind this, which which you would think if we're one big army, right, it would have been rescinded for all components of the military and thereby for about what, at least a week or two, uh, there were people that were hurt by that because there were actions being taken against those who had not re- received the vaccine, who who held their ground on the basis of religious freedom 
and submitted religious accommodations. Many of those religious accommodation requests got denied in that 11th hour, if you will. Mine was denied in December, right on the heels and the cusp of the uh, of the mandate being rescinded. Uh, but as I was saying, uh, finally, and I believe, Mike, it was Frago 30, it was th- 36, I believe, that finally came out a couple of weeks later that did rescind it for the Garden Reserve. But let me fast forward to where we're, where we're really talking, where Dr. Valley asked me to, uh, us to talk to tonight. Frago 38. So Frago 38 came out uh, last week, or well, about a week and a half ago now. And uh, there were several different uh, elements that were still in place. For example, unvaccinated, uh, which I argue this, and I will say this to your listeners, um, I don't even know why we're still referred to as the unvaccinated, because my question is this, unvaccinated against what? Because we're being held to a standard that is no longer being enforced, but it is being enforced, especially if you're referring to me as the unvaxxed in Fragos. Uh, That's my little soapbox. But Frago 38 said this, that the unvaccinated may now travel even for travel that is not mission critical. So I, in my in my role as a chaplain, uh, in fact, this ne- very next week, I'm finally, after almost two years, going to be able to travel uh, TDY, temporary duty, that's what TDY stands for, uh, as part of my role and, and uh, responsibility as a chaplain. But here's what's fascinating. In that same Frago, and keep in mind, and one of the other guys can speak to this, uh, the Department of Defense attorneys have stood up in court and basically said, oh, no, nobody's nobody's being punished. There's no retribution. But Frago 38 um, says this, and I won't give you the it, it's a it's a long uh, paragraph to get to this. But it says this soldiers who are flagged in accordance with Annex YYY will not PCS. Now, Annex YYY was signed by the Secretary of the Army dated November 16, 2021. And that was the guidance for flagging and what's called bars to continued service of soldiers who refuse the COVID vaccination order. Now, let me explain it this way, and and I'll pause for any of the questions you have or anybody else to jump on. In the Army, uh, the the tool of administrative administrative punishment is this. It's called a flag. And what it is, it's it's literally a, a red flag, if you will, that goes on your file. So when when you look at my file in, in the Army record and like any command can go in and like if they're looking at Bradley and they say, hey, you know what, I, I would like he's up to move or he's up for promotion. And I would like to see what's what what's in this guy's file. The first thing that pops up if I have a flag is that this soldier is flagged for this reason. So soldiers that have a religious accommodation, many of them were flagged. And one of those, uh, Chaplain Colonel Brad Lewis, my dear friend and brother in Christ, has been a guest on your show before. He is in that situation and scenario where he is flagged. He has been stuck at the the Army War College. There is no higher level of military professional education than the Army War College, like less than 1% of Army colonels that lead the army get to go to that uh, school and get nominative, basically premier assignments that in essence lead the army. Brad Lewis graduated and since graduation, which was last, uh, I believe June, he is still stuck at the war college, doesn't really have a job and is awaiting all because of Frago 38. So tell me how that is not punishment or retribution 
based upon the guidance given in Fraga 38. Let me pause there. I've, I've rattled on for a couple of minutes, but I, I hope that sets the stage for the uh, for, for the conversation that you're wanting to have about Fraggle 38 and how that it is, this is not, uh, this is not rescinded is the bottom line, I would argue. So let me pause there. I think you're exactly right that service members are being used as political pawns and DOG, DOJ lawyers certainly appear to me as a civilian to be making false statements in court, claiming that things have been done that are not punitive to the service members. And I'm sitting here working with our military team volunteers for the foundation. I'm hearing from military service members all across the country in every branch of service that they are still being horribly abused, retaliated against, persecuted, their free speech threatened, their bodily rights to refuse experimental treatment are being ignored. I'm sorry. I, I feel like we have to stand up against this flagrant deception from the Department of Defense leadership and the attorneys who t- are guilty, in my opinion, as engaging in perjury when they lie to the court. And I'm outraged about it, and I'm a civilian. I care about what happens to our military because our military serve the country. They serve all of us. It's our job to stand up. It's our duty as citizens to stand up and speak out against this abuse. So that's my my rant on this subject. Captain Ritter, any thoughts for you? You, I mean, you've been you and I've been doing shows on these fragos and what they say and then what they do, which is entirely different, and they contradict in their actions what the Fragos say, let's start with the key point that you and I brought out on a whistleblower report. Gosh, oh, actually, we brought it out even before the whistleblower report was started about what Frago 35 required the Army leadership to do in terms of ensuring supplies of a fully FDA-approved vaccine product before they implemented orders to vaccinate the troops. And then there was no FDA-approved product, and the Army commanders didn't even check into that. I mean, this is just outrageous. <laughs> so Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'll no, let absolutely you speak now to the facts that I'm bringing out, but yeah, no, absolutely. I'm Thank really you, angry Lee. about it in case people can't tell. <laughs> yeah, as everyone should be. Everyone should be very upset that like this is the way that we're treating, uh, I would argue, probably some of the best Americans that are available in the in our within our population. That that's where that's the way we're treating them. Right. That we think that that's OK. Right. That that, that we would think that our sons and daughters, our brothers and sisters that are serving in the military, our mothers and fathers, everybody. Right. Captain Ritter, let me say this. In addition to the abuse of our service members who volunteer to serve this country, America, you better pay attention. If they're doing these kinds of abusive tactics and punitive actions to the military, what in the world do you think is going to happen to you when we get rid of all the people in the military who have a conscience? What's going to happen to the rest of us? You better be thinking about that because this is not just the military service members we're talking about. This is all America. 
And Absolutely. look at what our government has just done to the citizens of East Palestine, Ohio, in lying to them about the dangers of the dioxin that's produced when you detonate and burn vinyl chloride. It's outrageous all the way around. So we're just as vulnerable as all of you are, quite frankly. Absolutely. So Dr. Blee, you brought up uh, Frago 5. Uh, so originally Frago 5, it was uh, post, it was approved on September the 14th, 2021. So this is right, right as Pfizer and the FDA did their, their sham approval, right? Um, and that's the actual order that required everyone in the army to become vaccinated, right? So everyone on active duty and it set out the timelines and it, and it did all of that. Now, one of the key blurbs, one of the key paragraphs in Frago 5 was for commanders, right? So like if I'm, uh, I was a commander shortly before uh, when that occurred. And as a commander, when you receive orders, you read the orders that you get, right? Because there there are certain nuances in the orders and especially the fragos that come off of those orders that modify the original thing that you're supposed to do. Um, So as a commander, you're supposed to read all these things because it's telling you exactly what you as a commander have to do. And if you don't do that thing, then you are, are culpable as a commander for you know, violating Article 92. You, you violated an order or regulation, right? My boss tells me to do something. I don't do it. I'm on the hook for it, right? Now, Frago 5 specifically said that commanders will ensure that adequate, uh, adequate like stockpile uh, or, or adequate number of, vac- of, of Department of Defense approved vaccines would be on hand for their soldiers, right? So every commander at every level, we're not talking just the company commanders of all these units out there, but every single commander, we're talking battalion commanders, brigade commanders, the, the commanders at the, of each installation. So the commanding generals that are in charge of each, of each base, they're supposed to go to the treatment facilities where all these soldiers would be going and getting vaccinated. And they were supposed to ensure that the actual correct vaccine was on hand and that it was in on hand in the in the adequate numbers that they would need in order to vaccinate people to support the the order. Well, guess what wasn't on hand? The actual vaccine that was in theory, you know, quote unquote, approved by the uh, by the FDA. Everything that the that the army had for the entirety of this whole debacle within the last two years has been an emergency use authorized product, right? And I'm sure you guys, you you know, if you're just tuning in uh, for the first time, you've never heard emergency use authorized product. If it, it, an emergency use authorized product, especially in the military, it's written into the law in, uh, in, in uh, Title 10, Section uh, 1107 and 1107 Alpha, that you are allowed, you have informed consent. And informed consent means that you can deny the use of an experimental use product, right? So that doesn't mean that means that you do not have to take the thing that someone tells you to take if it's experimental. So here we are, we had every single commander at every level in the army that was supposed to actually go and physically look with their own eyes and ensure that these things that they were forcing all of America's sons and daughters to take was correct. And guess what? The vast majority of them didn't do it because had they actually done that, they would understand that the thing, that the, the very vial that held the vaccine says emergency use product, all the numbers that associate with the vaccine and the lot numbers and everything else, those link to things are, 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 that are emergency use, right? And so that the crime that occurred to the, to the military has been going on for a long time. But that's, that's, that 
what happened then is very similar to what's happening now is you have this official policy you have this official the army says you will get this approved thing right and that we're going to make sure that you were doing the right thing in the in the process of doing it and then you have what ha actually has what actually happens on the ground what actually happens to people um for when when these orders are being executed right and that's the same thing with what's happening now with frago 38 so here, the Department of Justice and the DOD lawyers are arguing in court, no, no one's getting in. There's no restrictions for anyone. We're treating everyone fairly, the unvaccinated. It's just there's no difference now. And then you actually have the Army codifying in their own orders kind of behind the doors because those fragos aren't really those those aren't things that are like publicly released. Um, so publicly, we're saying, hey, the unvaccinated, we're treating them properly. We're treating them fairly. There's no there's no you know, shadow vaccine mandate uh, in, in the in the DOD. But then privately, we're absolutely uh, uh, we're absolutely punishing individuals still who are unvaccinated. And and Chaplain Lee brought up an excellent point about the uh, the flags. Right. So those flags don't allow any favorable action to occur. You can't get an award. You can't PCS or move. You can't, you can't get orders to move, to even generate orders to move to another location or to promote or to do whatever, right? All of these things stop for someone. And for someone's career to just completely stop, right? And let's say in the civilian world, you had something similar that your career stopped because your boss said, you know, gave you this, like this piece of paper that, that was, uh, that was like a negative piece of paper. Well, and then somehow they changed the, the policy later on, but then they, they kept the, that piece of paper against you. But does that seem fair? I mean, that doesn't seem fair at all. And it's also, it makes no sense. So this, that, that is one of the many ways that they're continuing to punish individuals who, uh, who had the, the guts to stand up to something that was illegal in the first place and should have never happened. Now, what we've also seen through uh, a number of whistleblowers is all across the Department of Defense is uh, this shadow policy that, you know, the vaccine mandate still is in place, right? So for example, uh, Fort Rucker, there are some school, Fort Rucker does the vast, like almost all of the Army aviation training in the, uh, in the, in the Army, and they are actually requiring individuals to be vaccinated. They sent out an email recently on like February 7th, hey, you've got to be vaccinated in order to check into this course. Well, wait a second. Like, I thought that the mandate was repealed, right? How, how, why do I have to be vac vaccinated to attend this course? So that's just one of the many examples that, that we'll kind of get into. Well, that sounds good. And I want us to talk more about that in the next segment. I suspect uh, Colonel Lee and Major Gary may have some thoughts about all of that, and I certainly do as well. And then I want to I want to talk further about the bigger hidden agenda of purging the military of people of conscience, people of faith, particularly Christians, and people who take an oath to the Constitution seriously, because all of that is a very ominous trend that can hollow out our military code of ethics that we've always operated under and leave us with people serving political agendas, which is more like third world Venezuela military and Chinese military rather than the U.S. military. So let's, let's address that. And then I want uh, Major Gary to bring in some other 
points as well. This is Dr. Lee for America here every day on America Out Loud Talk Radio with the Whistleblower Report at 12 noon and 12 midnight Eastern time. Check out our website, truthforhealth.org for all the military resources, all the medical and legal resources and our treatment guides and our Faith Over Fear seminar every Tuesday and all of our action tools to help you take your health and freedom back and stand up against tyranny. We'll be right back after the break. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. And this is Dr. Lee for America with our military volunteer Military Advisory Council team members, Colonel Brad Lee, Army Chaplain with 25 years service, Major Mike Gary, Seaburn expert in the military. That means chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear weapons expert, 25 years service in the military, and Captain Seth Ritter, U.S. Army. And I think Captain Ritter is at about 17 years service, if I remember correctly. So this is a highly experienced military team of officers and leaders, people we cannot afford to lose in our military. So let's go on with the points that I mentioned at the end of the break and pick up on some of those key issues that face us now. Colonel Lee, I think you were 
commenting that you had not heard some of the information that Captain Ritter was explaining. So what are your reactions to that? Yeah, well, one, it doesn't surprise me. But secondly, I think it reveals just how I'm going to say this word very intentionally nefarious um, our own military is at continuing to execute a shadow policy. And, and I know th- these other two gentlemen come from a different perspective than I do as a chaplain. And I, I, I just really want to give them the floor because uh, they've got some perspective to really continue to speak to that and give more uh, substantive material to that, Dr. Vlee. But, you know, speaking as a chaplain, there is something important. Our military has always operated on a code of law, ethics, and honor based in Judeo-Christian principles on which the country was founded. And this deception and nefarious action is a gross perversion of our traditional principles. And that is something that a chaplain is brought into the military, and that's what the chaplain corps has always been there to help strengthen in the service members. You're absolutely right. And and what I would say to that is that that has been a role. And I know for me, when I took a stand against this, that voice that I had was was quelled. Um, I was, as we jokingly say in the army, when we when we when we marginalize people, we tell them just to shut up and go color. And I, in essence, have been just told to go color uh, because we know where you stand. We got it. But we've we're just following orders. That's that's been the mantra that I've heard uh, throughout this whole thing. And it's like, you know, it, it's it's the same thing as the Holocaust. I mean, the German soldiers and leaders that carried out the beginnings of the Holocaust, they were just following orders, right? Uh, it didn't, didn't really matter what they were doing. They were just following orders and doing what they were told. And as Seth was saying, when you're given an order, you, you execute it and you do it. Uh, so in some ways- I'm sick of hearing that I'm just following orders because yeah. I'm hearing my own medical profession say that. And I'm sorry, if yeah. somebody orders you to kill a patient, on a COVID death protocol, you should be standing up against that because that is against every oath every physician has taken. Absolutely. You know, and all I can say to that then is, I mean, God have mercy on the souls of those who who, who have perpetuated an evil uh, in our military, even in our country, uh, that will someday stand before God Almighty and, and give an account for that. So I'll, I'll pause there. Exactly right. Thank you. I agree. Captain Ritter, Major Gary, your comments on... Well, yeah, I would like to jump in there, Dr. Vliet. First, I'll just give the standard. Nothing I'm saying here represents the DOD. I'm representing myself only. So I'm incredibly hopeful uh, this month, next month, as there's a lot of court cases that are either at the appeals court or at the district courts that, um, you know, are warranting some type of legal action. And the one that's uh, most recent here was on the 6th of February. It was uh, the First Liberty Institute uh, against the DOD. It's, it, the case is actually called the Seals versus Biden. Um, and uh, the DOD is trying to get the preliminary injunction pulled off uh, the case. Um, so what's interesting about this, so it made its way up to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is in Louisiana, and uh, I learned quite a bit from listening to the oral arguments that happened on the 6th, 
and it was very short. It was less than an hour. I think each side got 20 minutes to argue, and you can go on the First Liberty Institute's website and actually find that and listen to it, and it's very revealing. It supports everything uh, that Captain Ritter and Chaplain Lee have said, okay, and I'm going to highlight some of those points as I go down here, um, but in short, the DOJ uh, is representing, or is arguing for the DOD, so it was a DOJ lawyer, and uh, what was interesting is where they're asking for the preliminary injunction to be pulled off, right? They get to argue first. And the judges, um, so according to First Liberty Institute, the three judges that were picked, and they were picked at random, two of them had extremely strong backgrounds for religious liberty. <clears throat> so on the on the front side of it, it looks very good for us. Again, no, there's no decision yet, right? So we're waiting for that. However, going into it, there was a good feeling going in. Um, so the DOJ lawyer is arguing that the preliminary injunctions uh, placed against the DOD's policies are moot. There's no need for them anymore because they're going to play nice. They are going to treat us like human beings again. That's what the DOJ lawyer is saying. Well, our, so on the uh, First Liberty Institute's lawyer side, uh, she brought up um, they can bring a new mandate tomorrow. Okay. There's nothing in the Secretary of Defense's uh, memo that says that doesn't, you know, stop that. He can bring a new mandate anytime he wants. Um, and all, ultimately, it was well known by the judges that the DOD disagreed with the repeal. They didn't like the fact that the Congress had to get involved and tell them to, to turn this around. So that was very understood amongst those three judges. And they some of them even highlighted that fact. Two of them did, anyway. Um, the third point was uh, the harm hasn't stopped. And the one specific incident that the, uh, the First Liberty Institute lawyer was saying is they were making uh, some of the SEALs pay back uh, bonuses. Uh, so some of these were training bonuses. They weren't just sign-on bonuses. They were actually training bonuses or something. I, I didn't totally understand what, what it was specifically, but they were highlighting this point. Um, and then... What was really ingenious, which we had said, had mentioned before amongst us, was she argued that the revoking of um, this mandate had actually made it worse for soldiers seeking religious exemptions. Because now all these exemptions just sit there. And actually, from my little corner, I've actually asked about my religious exemption, which mine is almost three years old. Mine was before the mandate. Uh, mine was completed in December of 2020. Uh, so mine is just sitting with everybody else's is sitting. And uh, not, they don't think they have to act on these. Okay. And it's interesting that the Secretary of Defense in his memo actually uh, lists RUFRA, Religious Restoration uh, Freedom Act. I think I said that right but the, the reinstatement of the First Amendment. So um, moving on here, the DOJ lawyer uh, was saying basically 
there was not going to be any adverse actions uh, for, for operational requirements. So it's okay. We need to remove this preliminary injunction. That was his, the basis of his argument. And the judge said, does that include deployments? I mean, he was very, he, and he, he echoed it. Does that include deployments? And the lawyer, you know, argued back. And the judge was like, I don't understand your answer on this. Does it or does it not? Well, <laughs> the lawyer, the DOJ lawyer said, uh, he's, he stated he's not, can't possibly answer a hypothetical question like that. Okay. So for me, that was an answer <laughs> that, that they will enforce the mandate on deployments or other things they deem necessary through the, you know, the command channels. And again, he was very, that DOJ lawyer did say that the SecDef was leaving it up to uh, commanders. And I think Seth, Seth, you can probably speak on this a little better. I'll leave that for you, but I'll just point that out. The DOJ lawyer did say there's a lot of latitude given to commanders. All right. I got a couple more things. Um, so at 52:30 on that uh, on that audio on the First Liberty website is where you can see what I'm telling you. At the time of 52:30 is where you can see all that play out for the listeners if you are inclined to go there. Now, now Major Gary, to yeah. that point, let's mm -hmm. include a link to that um, oh, oral mm -hmm. arguments in the yep. show notes so that our listeners who want to hear everything you're talking about would have that link readily available to go and listen to it. This is very helpful, your analysis yeah. of all of this. I got two more points here. Uh, the, the judge, one of the judges, pointed out, he said, okay, so you went from a 50-step process for a religious exemption now to a zero meaning you can't have one. So uh, one judge did highlight that. It sounded a little sarcastic to me. But anyway, at um, the time of 5620 on that same audio is where we see the DOJ lawyer saying uh, there will be no negative repercussions or actions uh, on the soldiers. And he stated that they will remove letters of reprimand and any other negative things out of their file. And I just felt like that was a complete lie because that's not what we're seeing on the ground. We're seeing the opposite in so many instances. Uh, so I point that time out at 5620 on there. You can see what they're arguing. I am definitely, in, in my situation, going to use that as, hey, clean my record up because your lawyer said this. So anyway, that's all I had for a recap of the First Liberty Institute's argument against the DOD. Outstanding. What about your other comments, Colonel Lee, Major uh, Captain Ritter? Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, Major Gary hit the nail on the head there. Is that they're, here, they're sitting here arguing in court, bold-faced lies. 
absolute bold-faced lies. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring up a fantastic point right now because he talked about deployments, right? So deployments, um, generally when anyone deploys to an area, like let's say that they deploy or they rotate to, a, to Korea or Europe, or let's say uh, to Iraq or Kuwait, right? Those are to what's called combatant commands or COCOMs. So those combatant commands and the theater commands each have their own individual uh, immunization profile that you have to be up to date on in order to go and deploy to those areas, right? So this is a, a baseline requirement. Um, for example, when I, I deployed to Iraq, I had to get you know, a series of shots, some, uh, some of them include anthrax, some of them include uh, like smallpox, so on and so forth, right? So I'm looking at the immunization uh, profile report for, for the, uh, for CENTCOM, which is, which is central command. That's like Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, uh, and so on and so forth, right? So <clears throat> this is from uh, about a week ago, this screen, uh, an individual got me the screen grab. And I want to kind of preface this with like anything that I am saying right now, anything that was sent in to me or to others uh, that I'm going to read off to you. It's covered under the, the Whistleblower Protection Act and the protections through Congress, and then also codified in uh, Army regulation in the Army Command Policy 600-20. So this is all whistleblowing information. Uh, I'm sorry, and, it, and it's unfortunate that I even have to say that, but you know, you, Dr. Blee, you know that, that what they will do. So <clears throat> here I'm looking at this, these the, the required vaccinations in order for you to deploy to CENTCOM. We've got anthrax, we've got hep A, hep B, influenza, and then lo and behold, COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccination, black and white on here on this, requ this requirement for you to be able to deploy to that area. So here we have them arguing one thing in court, right? That you're not going to, that they're not doing these things, that they're not going to restrict anybody, all this and so on and so forth. And then we have it here in black and white in, the, in their system, in the army system that says the COVID-19 vaccination is required for you to deploy to this area, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely insane that, that, that that's what is occurring, um, you know, because what's the, what's, what is the, what's the point, right? It doesn't stop the transmission, right? It doesn't, we, all these things have, have proven that it is infinitely more detrimental for you to get this than to not. And so what happens if that soldier then doesn't, all these people who have religious accommodations, they're part of their units, they don't deploy, or they are unvaccinated and they choose not to get the COVID-19 vaccine to rotate to Kuwait or to a CENTCOM area, right? So if you don't deploy, in the army, or if you were like in a non-deployable status, eventually you get kicked out because you don't have the capacity to do the function that, that the army requires you and needs you to do. So just because they, you know, quote unquote, repealed the, the vaccine mandate on paper, that doesn't mean that they, they haven't just enacted another like vaccine mandate, you know, by fiat, by requiring you to have it to even deploy or to, to P, let's say PCS to Korea or to, 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 to move like PCS and move to, uh, to Europe, right? So that all of that would, would stop you from doing any of those things, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. And that would, that would stop your career. I've had a, a Lieutenant contact me who's uh, going to be deploying soon to CENTCOM. And, uh, he's like, Hey, what am I going to do? Like, what, what can I do? What recourse do I have? Because I want to do the thing that I trained to do. But 
I also don't want to have to be required to take this. And then he, everyone knows that if you if your unit deploys and you stay behind, you, especially as an officer, you're going to be done. Your, your career is going to be done in the Army because you're not going to have any any sort of evaluation that will make you competitive. In fact, you'll probably have a very negative evaluation. Uh, and so that's this is just yet another way that the Army is publicly saying something, publicly arguing something, and then doing the exact opposite. Now, I'll read you verbatim what that, uh, what that uh, email that I mentioned earlier uh, says. So here we are, Fort Rucker. It's, this is sent by a civilian um, to individuals who are going to be attending a upcoming course at Fort Rucker, Alabama, which is tra trains all of our pilots in the Army. So this is sent Wednesday, February the 8th. Uh, the subject welcome letter for the AH-64 Echo uh, MTP class 23-003. All right, it says, welcome to Fort Rucker. You're receiving this email because you have a reservation in an upcoming graduate flight course. Please read the welcome letter and follow the applicable instructions. And then the very next thing, bold and in red, highlighted in red, it says, all students must be fully vaccinated or have an approved religious or medical exemption in order to attend a course at Fort Rucker. February 8th, you do the math, you look at the calendar and you do all and, and look at when the vaccine mandate was quote unquote, you know, repealed by president, by the president. And, you know, the, the army started making all of these in theory was started making all these changes with the, the department of defense. And you look at that and you say that the, the vaccine mandates repealed. So here we are, CENTCOM's telling you it's not right. You, in order for you to deploy, they're saying, nope, you've got to have it. In order for you to go to any of these courses, nope, you got to have it. In order for you to promote, nope, you got to have it because you were you were flagged and they're not lifting these flags. And I have another email. I can try to find it if another individual wants to uh, uh, to, to, to speak on and expand on this uh, from the from the 82nd Airborne. Like their division policy is to not remove flags for individuals. So, you know, here it is in black and white behind the scenes so i think major gary i think you had something yes yes i'd like to add um that also in the first liberty institute's um arguments they reference the ig at the dod's um report to the secretary of Def uh the SecDef on that he believes you know we could be uh discriminating and actually abusing the people that are asking for religious exemptions so that was uh laid out in front of those judges my guess is that's been laid out in front of these district court judges as well uh, in all these different cases so the discrimination has been recognized even inside the dod by the ig's report and I know I have a copy of that and have used it in some things, but my guess is the chain of command as a whole is not aware of that. I don't know if you guys know anything about that or not, but I'm just curious to see your response. Any comments, anyone? I, yeah, to, to that point, I, I uh, yeah, some of the, like I said, some of this is new to me because uh, the, the, the army just has a way of implementing its own, its own thing and doing, doing its, uh, its own thing in different commands and different levels. Uh, and to that point, you mentioned Fort Rucker, uh, and I'll give you a case in point of a punishment happening, right? Uh, I have a dear chaplain brother, uh, a different one that I, that I mentioned before. I won't mention his name here. Um, but he was slated to go to a uh, a full brigade 
in at Fort Rucker, actually, believe it or not. And he's been going back and forth. Um, he, he's he's been really in a terrible um, scenario at our at our uh, chaplain schoolhouse, and has really gotten the brunt of of ridicule, really, and discrimination because of his stance by the leadership there uh, that have challenged. You know that he's really not a good leader because he didn't follow the rules, in essence. But anyway, the point I was I was trying to make to that the retributive piece just this week. Two days ago, he reached out to me because he was going back and forth in the dialogue with his leadership there, uh, the personnel manager. And all of a sudden, he got his uh, request for orders, sending him to a different major assignment, uh, not the brigade that he was promised and frankly needs. And uh, both Mike and Seth mentioned this. There are certain jobs that you need to get promoted in the Army. The chaplaincy is no different. And in the chaplaincy, the biggest the biggest job you can have uh, to be competitive for lieutenant colonel is to be a brigade chaplain. That is that is the golden ticket to become a lieutenant colonel. And what they just did um, is pull out from under him a brigade slot and send him to a different major slot, making him much less competitive for the next board. So, yeah, the, as I say, the, the scourge continues. And uh, just appreciate you again and, and these gentlemen sharing uh, what they've what they've given uh, tonight, which you, I'm part of the show and I'm I'm learning new stuff. So again, thank you for having me, Dr. Lee. You're so welcome. I mean, I think these are critical issues for the American public to understand because so much is going on under the cloak of military secrecy. And these shadow policies are just despicable. To me, it is so abhorrent. It actually undermines everything that this country and our military has stood for for my entire adult life. And I have a little bit longer life experience than all three of you. So I can say that this is like nothing I've seen in my entire life. And I, I am appalled at how fast the undermining of the ethics, honor, duty, constitutional law that our military has always had, it has been undermined. Go back to the phrase I don't really like, but it's true. At warp speed, we have seen the destruction of an institution that has had major public support throughout our history because our military operated on a code of ethics, under the rule of law, and service members took an oath to the U.S. Constitution. Closing words, anyone? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can, I can, I can start us off here because I do have a, a little bit more. Um, I, I found that uh, I found that email that I was, I was speaking about with the um, the actually direct directs uh, members of the, the 101st Airborne Division, right? So this is this is uh, from like the staff judge advocate office for the division, sending it down to the to the individual brigades so that they can send it down further to the you know, battalions and the companies so that they can start executing, right? So this is uh, the subject COVID-19 separation flags. And then it says, do not lift flags, right? 
Uh, and it, it, it talks about, uh, hey, we had the sync meeting. So at this time, we are not authorized to lift flags for any personnel being processed for separation as a result of uh, noncompliance with the COVID-19 vaccine. So per the division staff judge advocate, so that's the lawyer that is that is advising all the, the, the command at the division level, right? They said, quote, the COVID mandate is not rescinded. The NDAA only directs the Secretary of Defense to rescind it pursuant to the memo that he signed in 2021. I'm paraphrasing there. Uh, and then the the DOD and the headquarters Army memory can still include it as part of normal readiness and deployment vaccinations. So there you have it. Wow. Like how many times do we have to show this, that there's these people, right? Are going to do anything and everything possible to look at any sort of loophole to treat our brothers and sisters, your family members like garbage. And that is, that is extremely troubling. And everyone, everyone needs to be alarmed at how they're acting. Like, if, and Dr. Bleet, you said it earlier. Hey, if this is how they're treating service members that they they spent money on to train and to to you know to bring into the military to you know, recruit them to train them and to equip them and you know we're, we're paying them and then this is how they're treating their own investment right that they have actual money invested in what do you think like what do you think they're going to do to you and that's kind of the the thought that I'm going to leave you with I think that is the powerful message. To all Americans listening to this, they are purging the military of people who will do the right thing for America. And that leaves us with an empty shell of tyrants, exactly like China, North Korea, Venezuela, and any other totalitarian state. So, America, wake up and listen to the warnings that we're bringing you. This is your life at stake and our military helps defend it. This is Dr. Lee for America. And this is the Whistleblower Report, bringing you the truth against the lies and deceptions, the shadow policies and the purging of good people in the military that is undermining our military strength and readiness and national security for the rest of us. God help us if they succeed and may God bless those military service members of courage who are standing against this tyranny. We will be back again tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today and may God guide America back to one nation under God with liberty and justice for all.